Kia ora and welcome to episode 133 of the Stag Raw. This episode I'm joined by Will Fleming from the Please Blow My Mind podcast. And yeah, there's potential that this podcast might do that. So I think, um, yeah, without further ado, sip, gosh, adieu. That's <laughs> Ponzi anyway. Um, yeah. Let's get into it. It's fantastic. Um, reach out to Will and myself if you enjoyed it. We definitely love the conversation. Um, we both do podcasts. We love having in-depth conversa- conversations. And there's no shortage of deepness going on here. Enjoy. One more notice before we get started. The Stag Raw caps are now available at theprintroom.nz slash collections slash the dash stag dash raw but you know what just go into the show notes and click on the link uh, if you've been following my instagram at the stag raw or at stag ryan you would have seen the design khaki with a uh, epic epic image done by sam poots at art of pots poots um, you can also check out her Instagram with the link in my show notes. If you can, go check it out and uh, get your hands on one of these awesome hats from the print room. Sweet. Good everyone. I have the legend Will Fleming and his little, um, what is your figurine? Oh, it's a, oh, a mind blowing fi- figurine. That's right. That's right. A fella called uh, Zach down in Wellington. No, not Wellington. Christchurch. He's an artist. And um, he he designed that little mind blowing guy for me. This little guy, uh, for those well, those listening won't know what I'm talking about. But I got a little uh, piece of artwork. It's um, Imagine Wilson from the Castaway films, <laughs> except it's not a volleyball. It's a little it's a little man with a denim jacket and a mind blowing head like the emoji. And um, I actually think of him, this little guy like Wilson. You know, like because Wilson's an important character in. Uh, Castaway, it kind of keeps Tom Hanks together, you know. Mm. And um, I think we kind of laugh at the idea of Wilson and ah, Wilson, you know, it's like a meme, but actually, it's like, man, you, when it's all stripped away, you need your Wilson. And um, so that's my little Wilson. And uh, we're, we're in that moment right now. What, what's the date today? It's um, 19th yeah, of right, April. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, well that's right. Middle of COVID, isolated. Uh, we're not quite on deserted islands. Like you've got your family, family there. I'm uh, living in a house with with two friends. Um, mm. Yeah, but finding your Wilsons. What what other Wilsons have you have you been finding, man? Dude, I mean, just to take a step back, it feels like we've come from a deserted island. <laughs> found you know because that's what normal life is like. You know, it's very surface. It's you might as well be in your own. Like I think the true bubble is the modern society, you know, and and this isolation that we have, the fact that you can block people out of your life and you'll do it willingly is an interesting prospect. I wonder what the statistics would say on kind of blocking if people are still doing that online, you know, because this digital portal that we have with each other, man, it's like it's the it's the only way that we catch up, you yeah. know? And and 
I think about that all the time. You're, you're one of the last people I hugged in the real world. We caught up for a podcast and I never released it because we're talking in this different capacity kind of pre-COVID, right? And I will release it, but I want it to be like a, a snapshot in time of when people still hugged and when people caught up in person. And so it's a very interesting time, bro. Um, so you asked me, you know, uh, Wilson's, what else are my Wilson's? Well, I will say that uh, podcasting has been a, a huge help for me to process this. And when I say this, I guess I mean this, uh, the, the idea of change. I don't think we all really understand what the change is. Mm. because you can't fathom it right if if we don't get to travel anymore if we don't get to really see people anymore if our instinct isn't to say hello and shake hands anymore then we're not realizing that yet you know we're not realizing exactly what that means uh so the bubbles not bubbles i keep thinking about bubbles i popped my bubble <laughs> but the the wilsons are you know this digital soul that the internet has given us now you know it used to be a place to troll and at least i mean i'm pretty obviously metaphorical guy and like to see the light and things but it's awesome that we finally seem to have a reason for the internet oh yeah. you know and if we didn't have it well, that's a thought experiment too. What would we be doing if this was kind of dial-up days? And, <laughs> you know, you couldn't just log on. What would we be doing at, in lockdown? I guess Sky TV would still be really important. Um, kind of phone calls would be really important. But now we get to stream in. You know, we even get to record our chats. Um, and I just think it's a, it's a unique learning time, right, for us to, well learn how to be by ourselves a little bit for an extended period of time and um, just to work out like, I don't know how you feel, bro, but I don't want it to go back to how it was. What's your no. take on that? No way, mate. Um, when you were just speaking the eye as well, I was like, holy fuck. I think you were one of the last persons that I gave um, a handshake, bring it, handshake, bring it in for a hug mm. type mm. interaction with, and yeah, then you're talking about we've found the use for the internet. Like my daughter's up in Pukekohe and, and I'm so glad that there's the capacity for Messenger to do a video FaceTime thing. You know, <laughs> this evening I just sort of watched her eat an ice cream and draw some pictures and, and dance around the lounge being a, you know, a two-year-old ballerina. <laughs> it's like... God, I'd be going crazy right now if if I wasn't able to do that, and and all I could do would have a muffled, you know, hello down the down the phone. Um, yeah. Whereas it can just be an observation; it can just be a shared energy. Um, mm. Yeah, it's, um, it's. It also goes to show how adaptable we are, right? Like we would obviously be all right. Yeah. Because we would only know what's possible then. Like maybe this conversation drives more infrastructure where we, you know, introduce holograms or something like that and <laughs> able to realize what it was like when you could only digitally kind of link up. And 
you know, I often sometimes get a bit of a, a look back into the past. So my dad's 71, I think, 71, 72. And like he is very against, not against, but he opts out of technology. Yeah. All right. So I remember like kind of 10 years ago, I was like, hey, dad, I, you know, I'll set your phone up and I'll get you text, mess- we could text message each other. And he's like, oh, no, I called um, Vodafone and they removed the text messaging service from my phone. And I thought about it for like a week and I was like, they can't do that, Dad. But he thought he'd just tell me that so that I wouldn't want to text with him. He said, I've got it removed. And, and he's just one of those guys. And, and I said to him a couple of years ago, I'm like, do you ever get worried that you'll not be part of something online or, you know, catching up with what I do? And he says, not at all. You know, at the time I was talking to him, he was applying, he retired, but he was applying for like a bit of extra dough doing, um, courier driver and he went for the job and they said what's your mobile and he said i doesn't have one i don't have one they said what's your email he said i don't have one they said mr fleming how will we contact you and he said you can write me a letter (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious and it still sits with me because he's actually right you still could write people a letter so so we just want speed, eh? We want, like me and you can negotiate times right up until the moment. But there was a time and there may be a, a, a you know, there may be an argument that that's also what's kind of screwing with us is this immediacy, you know? Yeah. The fact that there was a time in, in history where, well, I don't know, think about it, you know, when you had to like send the letter on the boat or on send the note on the pigeon or however you did it, you know, it wasn't immediate. And, um, this immediacy, I, you know, like, cause, cause I always kind of take things that seem really logical and I posted about it today. The fact that we say so many things, bro. And sometimes we don't know the ramifications of it. You know, sometimes we don't know what that really means. Mm. Um, like when the prime minister said, okay, we we're going to, be in this isolation in your bubble and remember everyone was kind of leading up to what they would do before the 1159 i mean if we don't get to see people for another let's just say you know ages we would have made different decisions back when the bubble was closing Mm. but we're just weird you know we 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 kind of don't really see the bigger picture and and then there's and then we're we're immediately confronted with the picture because you can Skype and zoom and um, portal into these different conversations. But I, I think it makes sense to think that we're built for a bit of a slower pace, mm. which probably explains why there is a feeling of, I wouldn't say happiness, but a definitely a, a stronger meaning to this moment. You know, things are slowed right down. There's less options. Normally we would call it a human rights. You know, you can't tell me to stay at home. America's going through this right now, you know. And uh, actually collectively, I think we're breathing a sigh of relief. The fact that, oh man, I just got to stay home. Mm -hmm. I just got to do my bit. Quite powerful, you know. The metaphor of if you staying home might do your bit. And I, I do, I hope, man, I cross my fingers that that might give us a, a permission. Maybe I have this idea that once a year humans might stay home for one week mm-hmm. and we'll just let the rest of the world do its thing. It's very much about us, eh, bro? 
Yeah. No, it's funny um, you're saying about writing the letter, even even growing up, just bloody going around to people's houses, you know, unannounced. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Still like, right. Just showing up, you know. Are you home? Oh, oh yeah, come in. We're yeah. home. Oh, oh, they're not home. Oh, I'll move on. Carry on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you didn't, you didn't have that text, you know, are you home? Are you, uh, yeah. What are you doing? Are you home? Can we come around? Oh, oh in, in an hour and a half, I've got this on. Oh, okay, don't worry about it, you know. Um, whereas now, man, we're, we're hankering for that. And then also you said about letters. I'm, I'm so lucky. Only one, one part of my family, but um, in my mother's uh, dad's side of the family, um, when they came out from Ireland, um, they diaried and, and wrote letters back. Wow. And, and then um, my great-grandfather, when he went to the First World War, did the same. He had just, just met his wife. Um, and, yeah, so he diaried and wrote letters back to New Zealand. So we have this amazing um, categorised category of events from these two, two people in our heritage. And it's just the most amazing thing to, you know, transpose yourself into a different time. Now it's only, you know, 100 and 200 years ago, um, you know, beyond that, we know basically nothing, but to be able to get a small insight into, into what that is. And, um, when we get into what you've been doing with Wim Hof, I'll delve a little bit into into the ad hoc I've got from that history. But yeah, this storytelling and 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 time to express and time to to you know put pen to paper. Um, even myself, I'd, I'd had since well, when when I really think about it, a whole year I've been wanting to write an article for our publication and. That was sort of I got a kick in the in the ass to write it in January. Like here's here's the case of why you need to write about this this type one diabetes management, and it's yeah. taken me until now to sit down and pound it out on my laptop, and I do go into this flow state, and it just comes out of me. But yeah. again, I just needed that little slowdown to get it out, and I sent it in, and straight away they wrote back like, "Brilliant! It'll be in the yeah. in the magazine next month." I was like, "Here we go." Awesome. <laughs> Isn't it scary that there is another scenario where life doesn't slow down for you? Yeah. And and then we, we crash one day and we think, what the hell happened there? And so that's the actual tricky bit of it is sometimes the answers aren't available from your view. Oh, you know? yeah. yeah. You know, and and I, I <laughs> this is a bit embarrassing, but at the moment my two-year-old, well, I'm trying to encourage her to get into the movie Moana because I actually, it's like my favorite film at the moment. It's really embarrassing because I want to try and make her watch it so I can watch it, you know? (laughs) um, Actually, I was, because I look at it through the metaphors in it, you know, and I know that Disney and the corporate, but I love, let's take it from its most positive point of view that it could be. Let's just say that the story is reminding us on certain things. And, you know, obviously if you haven't seen it, it's a tale of, um, well, probably go see it or, or read up. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment where she has to deliver something back kind of figuratively like uh, Lord of the Rings, you know, 
take her, take hero's journey piece. classic hero's journey isn't exactly it? yeah but she couldn't see where she needed to take it or the path only revealed itself when she was at a really high point you know mm. so the tricky bit for me is well when do you look close and when do you look far and really that's that's i think part of the balance of this thing eh? i mean that's where trying to incorporate this Wim Hof breathing and these cold showers is is trying to get the insight of you know we say like mindfulness and to bring you into the now but there's always a missing bit for me bro which is like why mm. why not just be how i am you know, why do I need to rip myself into the now? And I think it is for that view, for that, to see something that you might be missing. But but then again, there's this giant view, which, you know, the COVID stuff is unraveling for us, which is actually reminding us, eh? you know, like, dude, slow down. Because mm. we do say it, we say it in life, you know, in your holidays, relax. But we never relax. We just go on holiday. Mm. effectively we just increase our whatever because we've got time away from the grind right but i don't know man that's 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 a brave person to sit down and say all right i'm going to strategize this of how to be the best i can be you know like that's what COVID is um i've tried to look at COVID as a very just a real metaphorical that the virus attacks effectively your vulnerability mm-hmm. it's not a monster it just attacks the areas you're weak so it kind of is a monster you know because that's what a monster would do so what what's your best defense well try to try to have less vulnerability and then when you look at that that's where it unravels because that's a it's a never-ending story you know <laughs> is it your mental vulnerabilities your physical vulnerabilities i mean the truth probably is it's both so then you say to yourself, okay, I need to be mentally and physically stronger. So you've opened up another chasm of a billion things to work on. And I really like those things that just, you know, I'll take breathing, for example. There's many things that's happening in that when I'm doing it that I know are happening, but I don't need to actually know they're happening. I just need to enact them, you know, or the cold. As far as I know, jumping under the cold shower or, you know, jumping in the cold water ignite something that's built inside us and that's as far as i need to know so i like that i like that and i want more of those things you know i kind of don't need to know much more than in terms of neuro-linguistic programming when you kind of talk yourself down you're also hypnotizing yourself so you need to reframe it i had a guy on my podcast and it's coming out soon, but I suggest you get him on yours called Dave Neath. He's a mental skills coach. And um, basically after the session wrapped, I said, man, I want to learn from you. You know, I want to pay you to train me not to be a mental skills coach, but I want to understand when I'm unlocking something either through my own conversations and podcasting, I want to know why I, how I'm doing that and why I'm doing that, you know, not just that I'm doing it because I call it the mind blowing moment, right? Mm. It's the mo- that human moment we share. And I thought, man, that would be so nice to add on to that. Exactly what's happening there. You know, when we say we're, we're, we're there's a synergy or something like that. It'd be also nice to know that you can create that just like you do with the cold shower. So, so I mean, there's plenty of things in that bro, but, but definitely I don't know what this, the 
the final kind of goal is, but I guess it's to have as many tools to help you see from a mixture of, I don't know, zoomed right up to extreme wide, you know? And, and I think really one of the main ones is what we're doing here, the talking stuff, you know? I, I think that might be the bedrock of how we're built, you know? So it's like, um, you know, you have all these other little toolkits like the, the, I guess we're experimenting like with long form content, short form content, you know, long letters, essays, short little clickbait titles. I mean, the answers are there. It's just sucks because you have to work at trying to decipher them. Mm. And, and I'd argue that, that most times you lose, <laughs> you know, because even if you, well, I think, I think that bro, because even if you know what you should do, that doesn't mean you're going to do it. Yeah. You know, just because mm. you know it. Like I sat on the Wim Hof breathing method for about four years without Should having done it. And I can't tell you why. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the best I can get to you today is, is I told myself the wrong story in my head. And I don't, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> it's like, I just wanted the flaming fire, but I couldn't find that tinder, you know, yeah. to start yeah. the flame. And I actually, um, Spoke to a couple guys about Wim Hof. So there's a guy in New Zealand called Jason Sutty, who's a six-time kickboxing world champion, and he's the Wim Hof guy here, along with Nigel. You know, there's a couple mm -hmm. yeah. official instructors, and they and go across to Amsterdam. And what's his name? Uh, Santos. Nigel or Beach. Is it? Yeah, you know Nigel Beach, absolutely. And um, yeah, yeah, we're going to have we're going to have a good yarn some point. <laughs> um, what is the other guy's name? Sandro is the other fella. Sandro, mm. Sandro, oh, she, she was, I'm sorry, Sandro. Tiara Morta, I think. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Send um, me the link. I'm, we'll do another podcast. Um, yeah. And I spoke to Jason and I spoke to uh, kind of Wim's German counterpart, a fella called uh, uh, Matthias Whitford. He's a he's a psychologist, but he he leads up the German kind of side. Yeah. And at the end of those conversations, the one question I had for them is, why did it take me four years to do this? Right? You've told me the benefits. You've told me the awesomeness. You've actually showed me how to do it. When you get the air of Wim, please ask him. You know, what's that spark in? What's that? What's that? what is it in us? You know, we know that we shouldn't smoke. We know we shouldn't drink as much. All of those things. Yet you find yourself looking third person in, right? And you're taking that next swig or you do it when you're being grumpy and, and shitty, you know, you, you look at yourself from, and you're like, I know I shouldn't be doing this right now. Hmm. And I understand how to use those things like meditation and that to try and, well, train yourself to, to catch it. But gosh, it's hard in the moment, you know, like negative thoughts and, yeah. and how do you not let them in? And when is it appropriate to let them in? Because, you you know, you don't want to be that guy either that never has like Trump, you know, never has negative thoughts about himself, <laughs> you know, and that serves him, I guess. But you're vulnerable in other ways because you're not aware how people look at you mm. and register you. And so, look, bro, it's gone deep very quick, but. It is. It is a. It's a. It's a real tricky business, eh? It's tricky yeah. and simple, and that's the tension I find myself in. What did I say? Something the other day. Something like the simple complexity. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Every, everything is, uh, there's a simple solution, but it's not easy. You know, you were saying about yeah. med- meditation and doing the right thing. It's like the most ideal process for me in the evening would be uh, around 8.30, go have that shower, um, uh, start it off with cold, finish it with cold, uh, um, come into bed, uh, lamb the Shakti mat, put on some uh, music to meditate to, do that for around 45 minutes, get the Shakti mat out of bed, go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But And I think it speaks to the lack of connection right now. Um, I'm finding myself, I've been doing it some nights, but I've been finding myself stuck in conversations across medias. And, um, you know, the other person might be busy, you know, and that's the trouble with, with medias through, through those sort of text conversations is the other person can go do something. Uh, the other person can put the phone down. The other person can go into a meal. The other person can be watching a film. The other person can be going and do their, doing their meditation. And, but you're waiting for that little dopamine kick of, of the message back mm-hmm. and you end up not, not fulfilling and you end up putting the thing you should do uh, to, again, it goes with that broader view versus internal view. The thing that you should do for yourself is have this amazing uh, sleep hygiene and have a fantastic night's sleep and wake up uh, with or before your alarm. Um, and in my case, wake up feeling good, do the, do the Wim Hof breath, get up, you know, mm. have my day. You know, they're all, they're all in, interconnected. But um, you're right, it's, it's the simple com- complexities. One, one little thing disrupts the other, which disrupts the other. And mm. um, it's, it's, that's where, from, from the psychology perspective, and, and, you know, what are you brainwashing yourself with? What are you being harsh about yourself? And I spoke about mm. this with Andy Ross a couple of times ago. We are talking about um, how is that judge in your head. And maybe the judge that we need right now is that lenient judge, that judge that uh, gives you the telling off, but then says, hey, you know, you, you, you've got no previous record. You're young, you've got your whole life ahead of you. Um, you know, we kept you in the cells for two nights. You know, you, you've, you've served your time. You've come through this process. You've been embarrassed. Your name's in the paper for appearing in court. Um, go on and be better. Maybe that's the judge you need to be. And um, the, the, the uh, psychotherapy work I did when it, when it finished uni, that, that was it. It was basically, mate, you're not, you know, you don't have a mental illness, but you're being too hard on yourself. Your self-esteem's rock bottom. Um, have that conversation with yourself like you were giving advice to somebody else. If somebody else was telling you what you are telling yourself, you'd say, mate, go easy on yourself. Calm down, you know, everything's okay. You, here are all the great things you're doing, you know, carry on and, you know, move forward. That's what I spoke about at the end of um, our Green's episode is that taking that rugby mentality of move forward, mm. take that in, into real life. You know, yeah. it's, um, it's amazing how you can draw on so many aspects of when you're doing well and, um, mm. and bring those into hard times. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's interesting, eh? It's interesting the fact that you've got a you that you can't that we are having this conversation with ourselves. Yeah. That's a weird. That's a weird idea, you know, because most of us would say, "Well, we're pretty believe in reality and and you know this and that." But what's happening there? 
yeah. when you're talking to yourself as if you should be talking to someone else, what's going on? Who wants no. consciousness? Hey, what is consciousness? Yeah. Who's, who's, who's that conversation with? Is it, Why? Is, it, and, yeah. is it you or someone else? <laughs> yeah. Cause it feels like someone else, right? Yeah. Cause, cause you're saying, talk to yourself like you would be talking to someone else. And like that just sits in my mind. I'm like, Whoa, what does that mean? What is that? I mean, I get it. I get it logically and practically, but I, I still think it's weird that we have to do that, that, yeah. that, that, that it is our job to do that. And, you know, um, even you mentioned mental illness, you know, I've been thinking about like things like mental health, mental illness. I think I posted on Instagram today. Like I had this idea that, um, well, it's all of these things we're saying, but we're like, it's like we assume everyone gets it. Mm. And I think we're all too scared to say, I don't get it. Like when we say to society, it's okay not to be okay during COVID. I don't really know what that means. Yeah. You're not really explaining what that means. Are you saying to me, it's okay not to be okay because of the lack of human connection? Okay, cool. If that's the deal, tell me that because I don't know what you mean. You know, yeah, yeah. it's the same when people say find balance in your life. What do you mean? Yeah. You know, because balance is hard. We talk about it like, like being okay is even achievable, yeah. you know? It's and, so flip, it's so flippant, eh? And it was funny how Andy was, was saying, he's talking to a psychologist friend that, you know, all these people that have been suffering anxiety all of a sudden are feeling normal all of a sudden because everyone, not everyone else, but a lot of other people were coming on with all of a sudden they're finding what the heck anxiety means. No, I still don't know what the heck I don't, I don't, I get it, but I don't, like you said, I don't know. I don't know what it feel, feels like. I don't know why someone can't get off that internal treadmill and just go, Hey, hang on a second. This is, this is irrational. I'm okay. <laughs> it all it took twice, isn't it? I'm, I am okay. Is yeah. that what is that what they say? You you are actually okay. It's okay. You are well, okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, they should just try and work out different scenarios to, you know, we call it, we, you can articulate yourself. That's what happens in these long form chats, right? You take an idea and you start articulating, and it breeds more ideas. But we've now uh, kind of reached a point, I think, where the the kind of 140 characters or the 260 characters that you can post with <laughs> is now accepted in even communication. So I just think it's like you've got to be really careful when you put out those things because logically we know what it means, but I don't think we really, I don't think our consciousness knows what it means. You know, I think, um, I don't know if I told you maybe in our last podcast, but i been dabbling with hypnosis and the big thing about hypnotizing someone is when you get into a state of consciousness where you're talking to a different version of whoever it is is in the conscious mind the subconscious mind you're talking to someone who's kind of uh, at a level of a four-year-old right mm. so you have to explain it and i think when they're throwing that stuff out our conscious mind gets it but our subconscious i believe is just like totally overwhelmed mm. like we're saying to that four-year-old it's okay not to be okay like well, would we say that to a four-year-old you know wouldn't we say um any of the buzz things that we talk about you know yeah, uh, yeah. you find balance in your life that would mean nothing to a four-year-old and i think it means nothing to us 
so I think we understand it, we register it, but I think it means nothing. So one of the things I was thinking about today with mental health, for example, is I was trying to think about how to relate it to physical health because we can do that, you know. We can we can think about ourselves at the gym. Um, but I was thinking about this word hygiene, which has been brought up a lot with COVID. And if you would, you wouldn't say to someone, we would like you to have, like we, we wouldn't say, Ryan, we want you to have healthy hands, you know, sure. but you would say we want you to have a healthy mindset. And I think that's where the problem is. We might say, we need you to wash your hands so that you can have, so you can have clean hands. And you would understand that that's kind of, kind of a direction. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about it and it just sounds really weird, but you could say um, mental hygiene could be a way to say mental health, you know, because that the hygiene part suggests clean, clean, cleaning. Mm. So then the question should be, well, how would I clean my mind? You know, and that is, I think what we're dabbling with the breathing and, and the showering, you know, and the meditation. <laughs> it's, it's literally giving us a way like that for me that, that um, I can hear my child coming. So we may, I might have to say good night, but I think we keep recording and you yeah. pad out the audience. <laughs> coming. Okay. Two six. This is, this is the reality. <laughs> okay. Sorry, team. Dad duties. Um, but 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 there's no real difference in information. We do want the same thing. It's just if you think about, it, you have to clean your mind. Then you have direction to find tools to do that. You know, and maybe thinking about it like, then you can think about it like a computer where your hard drive is full that makes sense in our brain, you know, like there's a capacity there and, and we're running too many operating systems. So you've got to cache it. Then the challenge is how do you cache it? And I think that's not an easy answer to solve, but I definitely think it's a better place to start from than just have a healthy mind, mm. you know? Um, so I really am trying to extract through my conversations and my thinking, just like, just like ways we can better deal with the stuff, man, because, because I, I, that's the world I don't want to go back to. I don't like marketing teams coming up with buzzwords, you know, I don't like being spoken to in clickbait form because I know it, it serves its purpose. It maybe should inspire at its giant level. But I think the problem is, is um, we need more. You know, maybe what we're feeling, maybe the problem we're having is because no one said that it's weird if you don't have human connection. It's weird. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good for us. You know, we, we talk about it when we say, you know, don't be that dude in your mother's basement uh, on your computer. We talk about that. We talk about it like it's a bad example. And I mean, because there's the antisocial part, right? We know it's not good for us. So I think it's good that the internet's lit alive to, you know, have these conversations, but I think that's what it's okay not to be okay means, you know, because you're being ripped away from what's actually true to us is Mm -hmm. we're not, we didn't realize or we didn't know how important it was. You know, my, my industry is creative stuff, right? So I make a lot of videos for people. I do a lot of editing and that, and I'm struggling because I, 
didn't anticipate the fact that when I can't see you face to face, I can extract information creatively. Mm-hmm. So when I go and make it for you, I've kind of like used an algorithm based on our chat, but I realized that doesn't translate digitally and it doesn't translate written as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm having to find drastic strategies to help me with that. I'm even finding by the time I make a change and deliver it back, that there's a moment past <laughs> and that moment means something different in the creative space, you know? So what do we do about that? Well, I don't know. I guess there's limited options here. You know, if you're, if you're kind of, if you are kind of dealing with it, that's probably a good thing. And we're all dealing with something. So, you know, that's a nice thought that we're all dealing with something, but definitely like I have found myself not feeling okay but again it's like what well to what level right because when, when you say to someone i'm not feeling okay they're like, are you okay do you need someone to talk to you know and it's like uh, i'm talking to you bro uh, yeah i don't know i don't know i haven't I'll write me a letter maybe that should be our answer eh? i'll write you a letter when i when i um when i kind of process this yeah we're complicated beasts all right and yeah, I man, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens with all this. Mm, yeah, you I saw, saw a post yesterday that's like in that situation where the person comes to you and says, I'm not okay, and then we sort of uh, do the egotistical thing and blow, blow up their ego. Maybe, mm. maybe we also need the courage to say, Hey, look, this is massive. I hear what you're saying, I don't understand it. I'm sorry. I can, I can hear that you're you're not you're not dealing well. All I can, all I can do for you, sorry, is be a, a, a you know here's support. I can give you a, a hug, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> um, I can I can listen to you talk if you want to talk, but I can't give you answers. I don't have those skills. Um, we need to come up with some action, and it's the same with like. I feel like the catch cry, cry slogan type stuff sweeps it under the rug. It's it's kind of like a token gesture that hey, we're mm. doing something about it. Like mm. we're still doing nothing about it. You know, when you go when you go and look in, you know, well, okay, so I can't do anything about it. You're coming to me because you don't know what to do. You're struggling, and then we go and look up. Well, what can we do? And there's just all these barriers. There's the, the 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 ability to reach help either costs you a shit ton of money, or is a, a you know a one size fits all solution. And when we're not talking about one size and it doesn't fit all, that's why we yeah. have a spectrum of mental hygiene. I forget. I think that's great. <laughs> I think that's a great term. We have a spectrum of mental hygiene. So why is the solution? Uh, a slogan to, to to you know to create this facade that we're doing something, mm. and then and then if you do have the courage to take some action, or you do meet that people that that says that's honest enough and courageous enough to say, I can't help you, I can support you, but I can't help you. Let's go see what we can do, and then to come up mm. with with a solution that you know not many people want to go down, and that's seeing a GP and getting a uh, uh, medication that may or may not work and the follow-up around that's pretty bloody weak mm. or to then 
you know, potentially put yourself at financial um, difficulty, which is not going to help your stress. Like it's just this whirlwind mm. of, of things. It's like, and, and maybe it's, it's just so multifactorial. There's so many influences into why we have this poor mental state in this country. Why guys just want to, you know, we have a bad enough time trying to explain ourselves as it is. We, we're not given the space to, to explore. We're not given the tools growing up to go, you know, just slow down a moment. What, what is your body doing? Now try to find out why that is. When we're, we're, we're given this persona that we are men, we have the answer, we should be able to fix this thing straight away. And when it's ourselves and we don't want to feel vulnerable, we don't want to feel like useless, um, it's no surprise that so many men just go, well, fuck this. <laughs> I'm out of here. I can't do this. I'm, there's so much shame around this. Whereas, uh, you know, this is sweeping generalizations, but when the, 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 the feminine side of things have that ability to talk, have that, have that group, that chatter group, that, that open dialogue, that um, just keep talking until it comes out mentality, that then they, you know, find that support in the peer group or they find the courage to then at least take another step. Now, I'm sure that there are plenty of females out there that are also then hit the brick wall of, of the system mm-hmm. that we're under. But, yeah, it's... It's a mindfuck, and, and I'm so glad that I have been exposed to hard things that don't matter, that have given me tools that allow me to to pivot, to reframe, to to apply gratitude, to to blow my mind away with with the likes of the Wim Hof method or cold showers yep. or whatever. Um, That's it. 100%, 100%. That, that I'm okay <laughs> to go back mm. to that slogan but I know there's so many people that aren't. Yeah. I, look, you that's exactly what the slogan should say. Everything you just said in that <laughs> two-minute piece, right? And I think if it can't be explained like that, then don't post it. You know, then don't say it. Because, and look, I, I mean to myself too, we, we're constantly filtering things down. And, and at a certain point, um, you just have to realize that it doesn't make sense anymore. And if it doesn't make sense, you can't do anything with that. You know, that's that same point about being locked away from trying to not, well, actively not doing the Wim Hof method. I don't know why that was. And there's something in there. There is a reason. It just, it just, I didn't know what it was, you know? Um, But this area of life now, COVID has prompted that because of my fear of, not my fear, but my willingness to be less vulnerable, you know, and, and I now have a reason. I now have a, a way in to, to do something um, that might benefit me. And, and look, you're saying a lot of awesome things in that, that I wanted to bloody pick apart because it just makes sense. You know, it makes sense that, well, we can't give people a hug and we don't know the ramifications of that yet. You know, that sucked. It sucked. No, it doesn't suck. It's, um, it fixed a lot of things. Mm. A hug fixed a lot of things. You know, come here and we'll hug it out, you know, and we can't do that. And we should anticipate that there will be negative things from that. So, um, but one way I've thought about it that might make it a bit more practical 
and I thought about it really early in this thing as I thought about the, the home is like a cocoon, mm. right? So what I thought, started thinking, what can I control? Uh, I can control the weeds around my house. I can control when I eat, you know? So those are things that I can bring back to me. I can control what I eat and it's harder now because we are at home all day, you know? So people, I've lots of message from friends saying, I put on weight, I put on weight. I'm stoked that I've been dabbling with ways of eating that I've maintained. Mm. And now I've said, nah, if it, I'm going to, I'm going to lose weight while I'm doing COVID and lose weight on lockdown, you know, because that's, that's me. But what I've thought about what this might give a lot of men, including myself is this, this, uh, you know, in our Western culture, we're not that good at having kind of rituals that mm. help us be initiated. Yes, yes. I think through groups and clubs and and uh, we do that, but I don't think we know we're doing that. You know, like we graduate, that still means something to us when you graduate, when you finish something, you know, but I think we're being initiated into the next phase. And, and I don't know if we've really thought about how to initiate um our, our men, you know, mm-hmm. if it's not mm-hmm. through the rugby prism, how do you still be initiated <laughs> to take on responsibility, you know? And, and look, I'm certainly no expert in this, but I thought every now and then there's some things that give us the opportunity to, and COVID is that for me. So what do I mean by that? Well, I've spent a lot of time whinging in my podcast and a whole different podcasts about, I kind of had it too easy. Mm. So what I mean by that is I, I have a lot of love from my upbringing and that has served me kind of positively, but also it's bit me, right? I haven't been able to see the fire that burns within. Mm. I don't know how to drive that energy. As as I've grown older, I've had a couple of things that have happened that have helped me process that. But that is the answer why I'm so drawn to people who've had a tough story and overcome it. You know, mm. those are the people I talk to or in recent years, it's been more just like, okay, use it as a portal for just building friendships, like how we, we're a digital relationship, me and you, right? Yeah. Um, and we're just going to continue this and it will be so cool when it, you know, whatever this flourishes into, hopefully us eating some uh, nice uh, meat together that we've hunted. That's yeah. my, that's my dream. But, but when I thought about it like a incubator, like a cocoon, I thought, well, then it gives you the permission to say to yourself, what would I want to be after this? You know, what do I want to be? Because mm. it's not that I want to be just an editor or a creative person. Like that's just what I've found I'm good at or that people would pay me to do. But this is a different question to what do you want to be, you know? And the weird thing is like the caterpillar doesn't want to be the butterfly. It turns into one through that initiation. Mm. So I was thinking, well, what, what is that for us? And it might be a certain level of unlocking, you know, you need to unlock, unlock. And I thought I want to invest into understanding how that works, but not through a psychological point of view, almost like something split 50, 50 between science and unknown, Hmm. you know, exactly how we talk about hypnosis. Everyone's like, Ooh, that's woo woo. And until Wim Hof did all those research, everyone thought he was full of crap too. You know, so it's not really science driven. It's not unknown driven. It's not philosophy driven. I just want to know how to look really quickly at what I'm looking at, mm. you know, so, and I still don't know how I'm going to get there, but I thought when I interviewed that um, 
Dave Neath guy, the mental skills, because he does it for, um, you know, athletes and Israel Adesanya and all these people, you know. And one of the things he said to me, because I asked him, why do you think I didn't do the Wim Hof method until like four years later? And he said, you probably didn't give yourself permission. I was like, whoa, what does that mean? Am I supposed to? Am I supposed to? And it, when I started thinking about it, of course the answer is yes. You know, even the biggest things in life, you, you give permission like marriage or asking somebody out or, you know, like huge things. You have to give permission for yourself. Do you, William, accept? <laughs> and it's interesting how little we actually ask ourselves if we accept it. That's another example of how how weird it is that we have to talk to ourselves in a weird capacity, yeah. right? Why would we have to do that? But that's what that Dave Neath guy was saying, you know, you got to give yourself permission. And if you can't find permission, sometimes you got to create a character that can have permission. And I was like, whoa, stop there. Okay, sign me up because I want to learn from that. So, yeah, I start uh, in May. Hopefully lockdown's finished. It's the f- kind of one of the first things that I've kind of paid for. You know, you can find a lot of stuff in this world for free. Yeah. Uh, extract a lot of information from the podcast. But now I'm kind of hoping that my time with him as my coach, um, my hygiene, mental hygiene coach, <laughs> I'm hoping what that will do is frame it for me where I can take all of these learnings that I've had and just like funnel them into this, whatever that becomes, bro. And just whether it's doing some version of kind of, um, you know, I don't know what it is, but wouldn't it be cool to be able to funnel everyone's story so that when you have time with someone mm-hmm. and someone says, how can I help? You're like, boom, here's, here's all of these different methods, you know, mm-hmm. there's Wim Hof breathing method, there's self-hypnosis, there's NLP, there's, you know, there's asking yourself permission. And I just want to have a log of those and treat it like a pilot would you know man it's like right this is the engines failed here's what you do at the moment you're just like ask for help like that means absolutely squat to all of us yeah put your hand up no you need to know a bit what's happening is it a is it a is it something up here is it something in here is it a mixture you know and and yeah so the best i can do is physically and mentally strong, but I'm hoping to extract a bit more of that about what that means. Um, It's bloody exhausting. I was thinking about it the other day, you know, like I do the podcast and the goal is to have a thousand conversations and I'm like almost at a hundred or something like that. Maybe reached a hundred, but haven't published a few, but I'm like, that's 900 or so to go. I'm like, man, it's, it's almost like that own burden of, Sometimes I just want the car to drive itself. You know, I don't want <laughs> to have to know that there's all these ways of being. I don't want to have to know. And I think that's why men opt out yeah. of stuff. You know, why should I why should I have self-responsibility? Why not just carry on? You know, and I think it's yeah. It's emerging for me that uh the world needs everyone to operate as best as they can. Mm. you know with what you've got i guess i'd add to that and we're not all built for the same thing and that's awesome because you know if we were i think we talked about it that it's weird how we're all different you know in our last podcast some of us are tall yeah um, thin fat but what's amazing about that 
some of us are old and young and I didn't quite know what I meant by that or I didn't know why that's a thing because we seem to be at odds the whole time with it. Mm. You know, we don't like difference yet. We're all different. <laughs> you, know, we, you know, but when COVID came that only went after some vulnerabilities, but not everyone, you know? So we were all marveled that it so far didn't go after the kids. Mm. And I just thought to myself, if we were all one, it'd be easy for a virus to wipe us out, you know, because we would just be, we'd be there for the taking. And I think that's how kind of awesome life is, is it backed us up. It said, now I'm going to put so many variables in this that, you know, even when you guys eat bats and do the wrong thing and have shitty hygiene in your markets, I'll back you up and we'll have all of these different things. And so, and so, that's happening. You know, we're happy to be different now. You know, we're happy to not have, and like I've seen hardly anyone triggered at the moment Yeah. because right now we're stoked to be a all in this together and be all in a slightly different scenario. So if you have anxiety because you're guilty for feeling good, you you can do something about that. I asked Paul Wood, psychologist, a Kiwi psychologist, what should I do about my guilt about, feeling like I'm in a better situation than others. He said, well, first of all, try not to No, He said, it can always be worse. So don't aim up. He said, aim down, you know, and I, and initially I took that as well. You want me to aim down, but he said, it's, it can always be worse. And you need to realize that. So I said, the other thing is if you're in a good spot or re, a better spot, that's your, that's how you can help is by realizing that and where you can offer what you can, you know? And so that helped fuse it with the podcast. What can I do? What can we do? We can, we can share, we can share time with people, you know, we can do that. And we are doing that, you know, you're offering content every week as I am. And we're sitting here blabbering away to each other, but people will be listening and watching and enjoying that too. And, you know, we might not have the millions of dollars, but we're offering in our little way. So, so yeah, the confusing bit to me is what do we do? <laughs> what do we do if it continues? Because obviously we're seeing the economy break and we're all preparing for this new wave of whatever the new wave is. For me, I'm like, man, when I come out of my cocoon, I've got to be stronger at not being vulnerable to being tied into an income. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm got to be you know and so i thought of you know we talk about passive income and having multiple streams of income like yeah and i think i'll add to that multiple streams of small income so that like relationships you know if you've got one friend man that's a liability you know it's a liability they might just get lost and then you got no friends and it's not that they're not your friend it's just they're lost and and um it's up to you to be friend worthy and to go out there and make heaps of friends. And that's, you know, so breaking it down simple, eh? And just trying to attack as much as you can and get those skills because, um, yeah, if you look into that, if you look into the, you know, the can of worms, it's a, it's a tough one. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, man, I'm just going to have to breathe on that one. Gee whiz. You went, yeah, you went to a lot of places. That was good. 
Um, okay. <laughs> where, I, where I do want to land on that is the rite of passage. And um, you said there about, well, if you don't, you know, fit into the rugby or organised sports paradigm. Mm. And I think part of the issue is that has become a rite of passage and it's not fit with the effective tools to be a rite of passage. Correct. Uh, the, uh, and that's where we have this, um, you know, court, if anyone's been in a rugby team, they know what a courtroom is, um, or you know, and and the and the bad things that go on there. I think about university and in my first year of university, and second and third, and she's probably fourth and fifth. It wasn't probably until six and seven that I was like, right, I'm here, I'm here to do something. Um, mm. This has been your dream for, for since you were twelve. Start freaking doing it. I guess it was, it was that thing you talk about. I gave myself permission to go, hey, you don't need to finish that rugby game and, and go get drunk and get home at four in the morning and sleep all day Sunday and then feel like shit and, and ashamed of yourself on Monday. You don't have to do that. You, you, can, you, can be, you can be that person that does drink water, that does go home, that does then study tomorrow, that does go to the gym this week that does try you know try be that best person of yourself mm -hmm. i then also started attaching my dream of well why can't you play sevens representatively and so you know despite not living in invercargill i knew i was going to be there in summer and i messaged the coaches and said hey i play sevens i want to come and try play for southland and you know twice i played with them in the in the in the qualification period, but never made it to the nationals. And it was the same with Canterbury. I, I went to one of the the tournaments, but then when it came to the the actual nationals, didn't go. So it was like on the verge, but it was it was like I said, it was like that superhero, that persona, that 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 part of me that I gave permission to to stand for something that meant that so many other elements of my life were better because of. I can't let that person down. You know, it's me, but it's that part of me that I, you know, well, that, that part of you is going to be bloody pissed off if you didn't train today. That person, that part of you is going to be bloody pissed off if you didn't, you didn't sleep today. And that's where I think having jobs and commitments um, gives you those persons to hold yourself accountable. And that's, um, and that's, yeah, where, that's where when someone's in a rut and you're observing them, it's they, they often come to you with they come to you with solutions. They come to you with the things they want to do, but they can't do that first step. And that's where we fall down because you can it's so obvious to the to the observer what to do, but the person is stuck. And that's where you mm -hmm. need someone with the skills to, to help them move forward. And that's where, mm -hmm. like you're saying about rite of passage, um, the caterpillar doesn't know that it's going to be the butterfly. It doesn't know that. It's just eating. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got a two-year-old daughter too, the hungry caterpillar. It's just eating. He's hungry. He's just, he becomes a fat caterpillar. And then he goes into a cocoon, mm. and then all of a sudden it's a beautiful butterfly. You know, that, that's the same with, with, you know, doing the step. You don't know where the hell it's going to take you. Just like COVID, just like isolation, we don't know where, where it's going to take, take us. It's, it's both um, scary and exciting. And, and I've been on this four-day intensive, and that was 
one of the things that they said you should follow. When something's scary and exciting, you should follow it. Use mm-hmm. that little piece of motivation to give yourself um, momentum down the track. Do that thing right now. When you have that motivation, use that motivation to make a decision that means down the track, you've got to keep going. And that's what you said about the burden of the podcast. You gave yourself that opportunity. You had that motivation to say, I want to do a thousand interviews. You started doing a thousand interviews. Now you're in it. You're like, Oh man, I don't feel like doing a thousand interviews anymore. <laughs> Hell, I can't let down old, old mate who's me, but old mate who, who wanted, wanted a thousand interviews. I can't let him down. And I can't let all these people that have bought into shit. Will's doing a thousand interviews, mm-hmm. you know? And so you've, you've managed to create a snowball out of that little piece of, of yeah. motivation, that little piece of courage to take the step. And that's where something that's a true rite of passage, a true thing that, that um, expands you, that creates a butterfly. We, I, I believe we are missing. And that's what, in some way, I'd love to, to create. Again, I don't know how, but that's why I mm. keep, keep saying that that's what I want to create. I want to create this intensive men's retreat place that, that is wild and, and has extra and archery and breathwork and yoga and that's conversa- awesome. conversation. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were doing that, but please, you know, make it your burning desire because it could be that way of you, you, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll become who you need to become, right? Like the metaphor we were talking about with, it doesn't set out to become the butterfly and, and it might not be obvious what we're supposed to do, you know? Yes, you can, you can have natural instincts or you can have, you know, um, I guess luck in different areas, but at the end of the day, just like there's difference that will reveal, you know, I guess like that Pokemon who you're supposed to be and having a, a way to incubate that is definitely how I would see something like a retreat, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just desperately, you know, needed. And I think on top of that, we need to find ways that people can do it at the lowest barrier to entry, because it's a bit like um, I've been reaching out to a lot of the guests who I've had um, who do keynote talks and that's, industry's just been kind of decimated at the moment, right? Just, mm. there's no, but the thing no one talks about is there's still a need for information to be given to workers. There's just a delivery problem. And so it should be the same with the insights, the ideas that you learn from the retreat. It can't just be, it can't just be like the idea is not good enough. If it has to be that you've got to be there. Mm. You know, so, so part of the burden on us is when you learn something, you got to find that right way of not hoarding the information and by being all like Illuminati about it, you know, because <laughs> it inevitably just eats you and will, you know, in the wrong way. And I don't really know what that means, but I guess it's like those insights, hopefully they're simple enough that they just make sense. Then they're hard enough that they take practice to do a little bit like the Wim Hof stuff. Like every day I'm doing this. Well, most days I'm doing this bloody cold shower thing. And like, it's, it's hard enough to get myself to go in it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and it, I know it's never going to get easier. <laughs> in fact, the, the, the more used to it you get, you're going to start going in colder stuff and, I can't tell you I'm looking forward to it, but I can tell you that there's a certain amount of pleasure I get out of having done it again, you know? Mm -hmm. So I 
I don't really know, man, because people are like probably listening and thinking, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, that's the worst idea going in a cold shower ever. And it kind of is until you do it. And then it kind of makes sense. And from what I understand about the, the cold from Jason Sati is that what it's actually doing inside you is releasing a bunch of white blood cells mm-hmm. that are going around looking to repair. So I kind of don't need to know any more than that apart from that's happening and that's awesome and what he also said is you get six days of benefits from it and i'm like okay so you're in my mind i'm banking up health because if i'm doing it every day i'm banking six days sweet that makes sense you know that's like when people said to you one cigarette took off six years of your life or something or something you know i remember hearing that at school like six days per cigarette is how much you were taking off and I was like, man, that's a powerful thought. That's a reason not to smoke. And, um, you know, I think we need more of those examples. That's that's what these sayings don't give us. And I think that's why I'm going back to kind of like Moana and stuff. I think those are, they're like slipping little things in for you, little ways of thinking about stuff, you know? Um, and, I, I know it's not useful all the time, but definitely we, you know, the structured way of living is not enough. It's not enough just to say, you know, be better. I think, I think, um, you know, even if they said it's it's okay to not be okay because you can't have hugs with people you don't really know, people would kind of get that, you know, it's or, or it's okay not to be okay because humans actually need physical interaction from people outside of their immediate family. If, 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 if you could just get a scientist to say that's how it is, you'd be like, oh, okay. That probably explains a lot. Because, you know, if you haven't diagnosed what it is, you only left to imagination. And we know our imaginations. Mix them with that little judge in your head. It's <laughs> you. It's you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's... um. It's funny, you were saying about, you know, one cigarette will take off this much of your life. But the the one that I always tell my patients, and immaculate degeneration in the eyes is just like this parallel to everything. And I think that's, I think we did talk heaps about macular degeneration and myopia, short-sightedness, which mm-hmm. is what I got. But for that, there is, uh, think about six times greater risk of macular degeneration with smokers. It's basically what smoking does to most diseases, increases your risk by six times. But if someone stops smoking for 10 years, their risk of macular degeneration returns to that, to someone who never smoked. Mm-hmm. And so, as I said, macular degeneration is, is a, a um, parallel thing to many expressions of, of damage and, and oxidation and, and toxicity in the body. And if so, if that can be better by not smoking, then so can so many other things. And so that that's I love that one as well because it's so positive. It's a positive message for when I when I ask someone, why do you smoke? And they go, I have no freaking idea um, why I still smoke. I remember why I started smoking, but that that's not me anymore. And I think that question as well might, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm being romantic, but might prompt prompt that person to go, why do I do a lot of things I do? Mm -hmm. I'm no longer, 
I'm no longer that 21 year old retard suffering from peer pressure and an ego that, and, a, and an identity crisis because I've come through the system and I no longer know where the hell I'm placed. I'm now 60 years old. Why, why am I still behaving on the patterns that I established as a 20 year old? And yeah. that's why I think as well, what a writer press passage can break, um, especially when it's mentored by elders, you know, it can be, be that opportunity. And that's what I think with, with where the rugby or the organized sport process can fit really well is when the coaches and the older, older cohort can be true leaders and can be true example setters. Um, mm. But that takes, that takes, again, that word courage and responsibility from those people instead of still acting or trying to live out that 21-year-old ego that they have. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and I th- the, the other thing that you said, you know, about, you know, where, where do we go? And you mentioned how you're lucky, but you grizzle about this, this beautiful life full of love. And I'm, I'm, the, I'm the same. And I, and I guess I've got to be careful what I wish for because, hey, I'm, you know, level three, I still don't have a job. You know, mm. level two, I have a, a version of my job, but it's not my job. Um, it's not until level one or, or we get out of this thing that, you know, I go back to normal inverted commas. And I always had this, well, not always, for, for a while now, I've had this concept of, man, I kind of wish I didn't find this thing at 12 years old. I kind of wish that I was forced to just figure it out, to go, where's my passion? Where, where can I serve myself, serve others, and ultimately survive in this world? And like I said, I better be careful what I wish for because that might, that might be the new reality. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, you can bet that whatever happens, you'll learn the insights or will remind, will be reminded of what it means to, to, to be adaptable. You know, like we have a positive connotation towards kind of change or, you know, we love the word disruption at the moment, you know, but we don't really, we don't really want to be disrupted because disrupted comes with all those extra risks, you know, oh, yeah. comes with you having to force yourself to change. Um, but I thought of something when you were speaking before about not having a way to, to go through an initiation. And I thought how weird would the concept be is people having mental breakdowns are trying to go through an initiation of change, but we keep stopping it. (laughs) We keep giving medication and come back to a level of uh, whatever it is. And, and, you know, our body tells us, right? Our body tells us, our mind tells us, and we just got to kind of listen but I know that's a weird thing because it doesn't really mean anything, you know, but definitely, definitely I, yeah, I don't know. I kind of get stuck there because if and you who's really talking? listen, who's talking? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and people are screaming at the moment, right? Screaming unhappiness. I was thinking about everyone's like, cool, what are you going to get from KFC? And I'm like, well, spend a moment thinking about the poor bastards who are stoked to not having, gone to work at KFC for the yeah. last four weeks and they're going to be ripped back into this world of, you know, what delivering what to what, 
another conveyor belt of you know loading junk into junk and look, <laughs> I'll opt back into that because we all like a bit of stuff every now and then, but I love the fact that it hasn't been an essential service. And I hate yeah. the fact that they've got the highest budget to market how essential they are. Yeah. yeah? It's a, it's a bullshit measurement. And, um, you know, I haven't done it yet, but I was supposed to do a podcast with Jimmy Hunt. If those of the listeners and viewers who haven't come across Jimmy, it's worth checking him out. I, day before lockdown i said to him on instagram jimmy should we do a podcast he said yep keen i said i'm keen to take your take your view on if this will help us change and he said he doesn't think it will help us change it has to get way worse mm-hmm. and i'm not i haven't podcasted with him yet because i'm i know that's going to come with some risk for me for just the darkness he's actually suggesting you know, that we won't change, that it's most likely that the two deaths or whatever it is, is not enough for us to hate it enough to change. So we're most likely going to be back on that treadmill of fast food, not living to who you need to be, not having the initiation you could have, you know, and uh, it's a sad, sad thought, you know, because that's when you start thinking about the true value of, you know, who we are as people and sacrifice, you know, sacrifice that that um, people made so we can live, well, I don't know, you know, I, I probably romanticize, you know, thinking about World War Two and this idea that, we have family members, we all do, right? If we're from this part of the world that um, sacrifice their lives and their minds and their, their bodies, right? So that for what? So that come level three, we could all drive through fucking KFC again. Like that's a, I'm, and I guess I should be a little bit easy on it because I'm a, I've smashed a lot of KFC over the years. I guess what I'm saying though is that I love the conversation about essentials, you know, and I just think it shouldn't stop at calling things essential services. You know, we should, I'd love to have more conversation about um, essential meaning and essential ways of living and, you know, just essential being. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of understand that the burdens on us as people to have to find those solutions, but mm-hmm. I just think it's ridiculous that we have to almost start from scratch to be like, you know, we're not the first ones to have gone through something like this. It shouldn't be this hard to have an initiation. Yeah. You know, and if it, if it, if it has to be hard to go through an initiation, then we should know that straight up. We should know that there's going to be a certain amount of pain that will reveal something else. Yeah. And at the moment, it's just like, nah, just live happy. And <laughs> when you say that to people, it's not enough. Yeah. Um, you're saying about how Jimmy said he thinks uh, for us to change, it needs to get worse. And in the last time he had Jimmy on, he talked about his, his mushroom trip and he went to a very hard and difficult place. Um, and that's where I, I knew would, would, would get here with, with, with my Wim Hof experience that I did with Mark Lua. Um And I said about that diary that my great-great-grandfather had written coming out to New Zealand. 
I went to that place and experienced those emotions of, of sailing halfway around the world, thinking that you're going to get to a destination and uh, running aground, basically shipwrecking, nowhere near where you're supposed to be. So that the ship was supposed to go to uh, Dunedin, uh, but it ran aground in the Catlins. Uh, so now there's a spot in the Catlins called Surat Bay, Surat Bay after where this, this ship ran aground. And I had the imagery of shipwreck and the sheer feeling of fear and relief um, had run over me. And to release that emotion and that feeling from me, now there's a, there's a whole you know, metaphysical idea of, of uh, generational trauma. But, I, I, you know, as I said, it's a bit post-hoc. I know the story, so am I just applying that? As, but then again, does that speak to that four-year-old voice, that subconscious voice? That, you have to say yes, you know, surely. That, that's, that's what picked it up. It was just a story, but then it created an emotional, it created probably a holding pattern. It probably created a way that I held myself up until that point. So again, I don't know what or why or how I was just, you know, eating the green leaf, eating, eating all the food to become the cocoon. I was just showing up to this Wim Hof experience, knowing that things were possible. I'd listened to, to um, Wim talk with Russell Brand two days earlier, you know, and they, they were talking about chakras and, and things that you might see. And I was like, what? What are they? What are they even talking about? Sounds sounds interesting, and it's the same as in the Jimmy, like seeing the snake and fighting with the snake, and then his analysis of that that was about love and and his relationship and his relationships with people. It was just like we are fascinating and complex, and it's why the brain. You know, I'm someone that's done an undergraduate with looking at the brain. Should I know nothing about the brain? <laughs> Um, and neither do this, neither does the science, um, and that's why when it comes to you know people at MIT, the smartest engineers in the world, working with people from Johns Hopkins and, and and you know medical hospitals, why they can't figure out consciousness, why they can't figure out how to do AI and, and create an intelligent being, you know, is probably maybe a good thing, but at the same time, it it yeah. asks more questions than than approaches. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's, it's, it's the best topic to talk about because you know, and it's the topic I reckon is always talked about when you're around a campfire looking up at the stars. Oh yeah, you know, and 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 I think we somewhat dip into this. Um, we probably have a, another step removed now that we can't be with each other, right, in physical form. But there's something about that connection that we need to dip into, and yeah, I just. I kind of love the fact, bro, that we might never know it, but it's there and it just prompts us, you know, it's like, it's like the cold shower again. I don't really need to know. I just kind of need to know what's it's working. <laughs> and I think the more we can have, you know, like 10 of those in our lives. Yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah. and if you can keep building it up and you share that one with you and share that one with me, like one of the guests I had Alia Bujlova, she's a oh, psychologist. Incredible. Um, yeah, and one of the things she said is her grandfather told her that imagine you lived in a matchbox and that you had to enjoy it. 
<laughs> and just sat there and I'm like, well, A, imagine living in a matchbox. That's interesting in itself. And then I thought, well, we are living in matchboxes because they're our homes and we can't leave these matchboxes. You know, I mean, we are leaving, but we're not supposed to be leaving with, with isolation. And, you know, the permission thing that we were talking about, I was thinking, how many people have sat down and said, how would I enjoy being at home? Mm. That's probably something no one said because there are ways to enjoy being at home. Like we enjoy coming home from work. <laughs> so we've given ourselves a story there, you know, like, yes, I'm home. But being home, we've kind of said, oh man, this sucks. I'm on isolation. Yeah, it sucks because we also haven't asked how can, if I could, how would I? Yeah. And that's an interesting thought. So, so yeah, man, uh, I don't know. We've probably... I'm probably a bit out of time because I, I love you, bro, but I love my wife too. And she said, get in the spa with me or yeah. sleep on the couch. But um, <laughs> I think, um, we've just got to try and make it. We've just got to try and understand that it's so complex and, and simple because it is so complex, but we can give ourselves the tools. And I mean, personally, that's why I really value the relationship we're building, right? Because yeah. it's, gives you it gives you a way to just exchange and i don't know whether it's serving me or not to be blabbering on for hours and hours on podcasts but but i definitely feel like it feels like it is yeah it feels like it means something you know when i look at outside of my bubble and i think about the amount of people that listen to joe rogan that's all he does mm. you know it's he's learned to just go with it and talk and be, be brave and not put up with certain levels of crap. You know, I definitely don't have those in my life. I'm not as strong as I'd like to be. You know, there's things that worry me that I know I should confront, but you know, that's the thing with stuff. It's not obvious how to confront it. Mm. Mm. It's definitely not obvious because there's a risk to it all, right? There's a risk to being vulnerable. You know, that really is, it's in a positive and negative. We're vulnerable. We, we don't want to be vulnerable in a health sense, but we want to be a vulnerable in an emotional sense. They're both vulnerable and there's a risk to them and it might backfire on you. And that's what, that's why I think we develop corporate things and KFC because they're not vulnerable. They can sit behind shields, you know, I love the fact, even though my neighbor is a, pilot for Air New Zealand and they're going through a tough time but I love the fact that Air New Zealand got brought to its knees in two weeks it's like welcome to my world mm. you know we're all two weeks away from being brought to our knees even you yeah. you know and I love it I love that the biggest the ones that have the most money for marketing and the awesome in-flight Peter Jackson videos two weeks <laughs> baby two weeks and, you know, boom then that wipe the shield off. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you now? You know? And um, that's their initiation. That's their pathway through. So who will they become? Will they become out the butterfly or, you know, does it, is it too hard? And so, yeah, man, for all of us, just incubate, think who the hell, who, I don't know what the right question is. Who the hell should I be when we come out of lockdown? Who the hell would I like to be when we come out of lockdown? Yeah. Maybe it's just, um, I don't know, maybe just 
Yeah, do what a butterfly does. What does a butterfly do? Sleep. Yeah, I don't know what's going on in there. Does anyone know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's a question. Um, mate, so I, I would, I'd love for you to go um, join your wife in the spa. That sounds, sounds awesome. Um, where do people find you? Uh, please blow my mind. Is that right? That's the one. That's the one. So, yeah, you can um, – yeah, it's an interesting one. I always ask this question. I don't know how to sell myself. So, okay, if you Google Please Blow My Mind podcast, most likely it will pop up. I try really hard to have an audio version and a video version, and I'm just kind of dabbling with that. But, look, it's much like your podcast, um, trying to have – uh, kind of authentic, real conversations. You know, we're all in this, how do we brand ourselves and how do we do this effectively, man? It's just like, I don't know, just talk, just learn, just be open, you know? Mm. And um, yeah, you can find me on there. I, I think I, I do probably most of my stuff on Instagram at the moment because it's a bit more fun than Facebook. Facebook feels really kind of like you got to pay for everything. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, Instagram, I think it's um, at please blow my mind and yeah, thank you for another opportunity to uh, come on your podcast. It's funny because our first podcast was supposed to be in 2016 yeah. and then we waited to 2020 <laughs> till you came on mine and that was like two weeks before COVID and then I emailed, oh, I sent you a message, I said, bro. Sorry, <laughs> you know, because I, I really am. I, I will release those chats. I've got four of the chats that happened pre-COVID. But, you know, we talk about rituals and initiations, and that gave me a, a different view, right? It meant I could be someone else. It meant I could immediately start looking for solutions. And for me, the, the interesting bit was my whole conversations pre-COVID were about expanding the thought. Yeah. take it out kind of with the idea that modern society is dr- dr- sucking you dry and you've got to push past that blow your mind expand your thoughts boom as soon as covid it's contract bring it all back in close to home you know and i still believe that's that's i've developed that thought into the cocoon you know mm-hmm. but it was funny because our chat was about blowing your mind and and so we, we It'll it'll serve its purpose when it needs to. Yeah. But um just super stoked to finally catch up again with you. I've been Excellent. carrying a bit of uh what do you call it, guilt around from <laughs> so bloody it took four or five years for us to bloody catch up and then I withheld the chat. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's cool. And and you're right, it'll it'll serve a purpose when the when the time's right. Mate, um one last thing, what would you what would you leave us with? What what serves you? What uh, shows up in your life? Hmm, that's a good question. Uh, probably, probably look into your version of the unknown a bit more. Mm. You know, um, I have a real tension with when I speak to someone who's incredibly religious or spiritual versus someone who's that's an athe- atheist or science driven, I find myself hearing more similarities than differences. (laughs) And I don't know what to do with that information. And I don't know what to categorize it as apart from there's an unknown element that we're referring to. And I think I would like to lean into that. 
I think it's kind of cool that if you're a parent, let's say, and there's less trauma than necessary, that it's built into you the capacity to love. Mm. That's an unknown quantity I don't need to know more about. And I'm sure there's more things like that, but we we can't see it if we're uh, trying to call it a name. Mm. So kind of be a bit more open to the unknown. It'll come with risks. It makes you sound weird like me. It also probably makes you sit on the fence a lot more than you potentially society would reward you to do. But there's something really cool about not knowing. And I guess the answer is we find it together. You know, as cheesy as that sounds like a Disney film Moana, we do. That's, that's at the end of the day, that's us. We are it. Regardless if there's afterlife or not, I've only got you and you've only got me and we've only got us. And that's weird because we hate most of us. <laughs> we hate it. You know, we can, we hate our bosses. We hate our neighbors. We hate the person at the, the grumpy person who walks down the road, you know, but at the end of the day, man, they're all they're, we're all we've got. And, um, kind of comforting i guess i'll leave you with one more thing too in my conversation with um alia uh, we pondered right at the end about this idea of you put a child to bed and the idea is to not load them up with shit for the next day mm-hmm. and when's the last time you put the child version of yourself to bed so it's a bit about the subconscious but it's also a bit about who we're talking to and we're obviously us today but we were us yesterday, the child. And I love the thought experiment. If I'm going to put myself to bed tonight, what would I say? Hmm. As if I was talking to a, another person. So oh, it's, a, it's a can of worms, that one. But try it, you know, even if you just say goodnight to yourself and one thing that you would set yourself up tomorrow to do. So, yeah. Awesome. Go get in that purple, brother. Thanks so much. <laughs> Should I start taking my clothes off now? No. <laughs> no. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. Cheers. Oh, what did I tell you? Mind blowing. Plenty of it. Plenty of deep, deep conversations. I like that um, finish there from Will. He's um, always very contemplative, but exploring the unknown is definitely something that I'm fascinated by. I suppose I wouldn't be having this podcast if, if I wasn't or, um, into science, into spiritualness. I don't know, that sounds naff, but to me anyway, I guess that's why I'm interested in it. <laughs> it's one of those things where the crazy and the scary is probably the thing that you should follow. Yeah. Very, very good thing to leave us with to contemplate we'd both love to hear from you seriously we're um those type of people we love chatting um again that's one of those podcasts this podcast is brought to you by waikito dot com. exogenous ketones um yeah we didn't talk about any ketosis or even wills dabbling with the carnival diet Shit, we could have gone on forever. We had a joke offline that um, we should try to do the world's longest podcast. 
But anyway, ketosis um, can help with inflammation, uh, can help with the gut, can help protect from traumatic brain injury, can help recover from traumatic brain injury, um, can just help you burn more efficiently, uh, burn energy more efficiently. Yeah, ketosis is a powerful tool. You can also use prove-it ketones to fast, whether as the unit is prove ketones, or by getting the 60-hour reboot, which is formulated to give you ketones in the day, keto broth, keto teas, and signal OS at night time to activate the CME DNA repair in the keto salts, as well as help with your sleep at night time. And then when you've finished that 60 hours, there's the keto protein to help ease yourself out of that fasted state uh, before you get into some feeding. Uh, Green told us a little bit about the challenges of that, especially if you've gone five days. Gee, what an effort. But yeah, check it out, whyketowithazero.proveitnow.com. And uh, yeah, place your order there, get it delivered to your door. Thanks for listening. Um, loved this, absolutely loved it. Looking forward to when we'll release this air chat that we did pre-COVID-19. Scary thought to think he's probably the last person I had a nice bro handshake with i think um actually i went to a wedding the week after but yeah with a stranger that was awesome it was so we wasn't really a stranger we're 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 internet friends great song um have a good one and uh we'll see you next time on the stag raw cheers